Hey friends, it's Jibs here from the show. Hey, I just want to pop in here real quick and give you guys a heads up. Uh, for whatever reason, some scamps ran into our recording this past week that we did on the live show. So for about the first half of the front show, probably about the first, um, probably around 45 minutes, our audio may seem just a little bit off. It may sound, it may not sound as well, quite frankly, up to the lore seeker standard. Now you may hear some Twitch sounds in there. And uh, Twitch alerts, etc. And, and this was all part of the the live show for whatever reason. But uh, the last forty five minutes, everything gets back to normal. We do apologize, and uh, as you know, we take audio around here very seriously. It's something that we really strive to to do the best that we very uh, possibly can. So this is definitely uh, it was definitely somewhat of a frustrating thing for us. But at the end of the day, uh, we came out, uh, we got it all fixed and wrapped up. So anyway, we do apologize for that. And uh, hey, enjoy the show. Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Lore Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Hmm. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and Cash. The man said grab an ale. I wish I had an ale. I'm going to grab a bourbon barrel stout. Oh. Because that's what I'm into. You know, I, I thought it'd be smart because you, you never, you know that feeling, you know that feeling when you get paid and you're like, yeah, it's Friday, yeah, I'm going to go buy me something that's top shelf. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're doing that. You know, I've never had scotch before. Mm. Let's go buy a top, <laughs> let's go buy a top shelf scotch. And it was a, it was a, I, I lay, is that how you say it? Um, uh, uh, single malt scotch whiskey and I'm like yeah alright cool mistakes were made and you know so like, here's like here's the thing so we've had that we've already had this conversation before and like we're good enough we've been friends for long enough now very close friends for long enough that I know your taste in whiskey so I would know that scotch was going to taste like pure freaking gasoline to it you it smells like it it, I, I have, I've tried watering it down. Uh, I've even no, tried making a cocktail with it, and there's just, man. Okay, I feel like it takes Dark. a certain palate to enjoy scotch. It does. Okay, scotch there's so many scotch. things. So many things wrong with what you just said. So first of all, we're back to watering down our no, top no, no. shelf alcohol. That's a thing. No, that is a thing with scotch. People do. I'm not an idiot yeah. on this. I <laughs> Those people are called lightweights. <laughs> You don't water down top shelf alcohol. They I'm say, sorry. They say it's to bring out the flavors. They say it's to lessen the effect. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, but I don't. It's like buying. It's it's like buying terrible <laughs> gasoline for a for a, a high end engine. I don't know. Okay, so that's the first thing that, that I found fault in. The second thing is that you tried mixing a top-shelf alcohol into a drink. What did you put, Coke in it? No. Well, yeah, I tried that, actually, now that you say that. Oh! Well, look, when you absolutely hate what you're drinking, you're trying to find any manner at this point. You're desperate because you're like, I spent this money. I want to enjoy it. So okay. I tried yeah. I tried Coke because Coke and whiskey, you know, that's uh, I, that was a yeah, no-go. 
tried uh I tried whiskey putting some coke? No, the scotch whiskey and coke. Yes. Was, no. Yeah, yeah, no, whiskey and coke. I had Jameson and Coke earlier. Uh what was it? Um bitters? I mix mm-hmm. some I mix some bitters in there. Okay, I can if you're making old fashioned with scotch, then I I kinda get that. I That's get, fine. I'll yeah. allow it. I gave that a go. It was okay. Um I don't know, man. I'm still trying to figure that one out. That is a current. It, it does legit smell like gasoline, though. It smells like uh, it smells like uh, that cologne yeah. that uh, they wear in uh, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> what Sex Panther? Got straight, no mixing. Okay, Scott, we'll Scott, see there. Do you water it down though? Is that uh, the answer to that? Is emphatically no. Uh, so I'm confused because I'm getting conflicting answers. Well, here was here was this is this is the whole point of that thing, and we had this conversation a few days ago. When you force yourself to drink something that you did that you can't stand just because you bought the expensive bottle, and you're doing everything you can possibly do to try and like it, there's your sign. Slash alert! It says in chat the snooty way to drink it with a drop of water. A drop of water. I thought that was like a. Uh, you had a twist of lemon. Hello, hello, Rich. <laughs> it's the Altmer way to drink scotch. You know what the Bosmer way to drink scotch is? The blood of your enemies. Nope. You pour out the scotch and you fill the same cup with rot meth. Oh, that's the Wood Elf way. That is the Wood Elf way. Hey, we're doing a show on Level Scrolls. We probably should talk about. It. I, uh, well, we just were. We were going over races and racial bo- racial bonuses of drinking rot meth. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to like derail that with scotch, but um, that's my problems right now. I'm trying to figure out this scotch that I have. Yeah. Maybe it's just is, a bad scotch. Don't buy it. Maybe that's what it is. Ugh. I don't. I've yet to know a good one. I guess. And I'm, well, here, I'm over no, one I'm, right now. I'm about to show you. What do you, you have? Replaced it. Replace it with that. Uh, Basil Hayden's Dark Rye. It's not scotch. It is a dark rye whiskey, and it is fantastic. As a matter of fact, that's right. We're pouring one. I almost bought some of that the other day. All right. So anyway, um, what's new? What are you doing? What's the... Pouring whiskey. Yeah, you're pouring. (laughs) Well, that was a heavy pour. Is that... (laughs) Is that a... Is that... Is that... Yes, I... I see that cup. Was that the, ooh yeah, Viking skull cup? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, things are good, man. Things are really good. Um, I I took some. I took a little bit of time off of some extracurriculars this week, namely today. Um, I had some training that I was supposed to be at, and I uh, decided to stay home and write lore and play ESO. Wow. And uh, yeah, and th- it actually wasn't forced lore. I started working on the lore lesson for next week. Because this week's lore lesson was so freaking intriguing to me that I could not stop reading. So we're going to talk talk a little bit about it here when we uh, go over this week in Lore Seekers. But um, yeah, I, I mean, between that and uh, many hours, I got a lot of work done this week, friends. A lot. Um, I did my typical back and forth on several characters. Because I want to try out some of the different specs and stuff with the new uh, additions and the changes to, uh, like the patch notes and stuff, the changes in the patch notes to some of the different classes. 
And um, so I, I kind of landed right back on my bow warden, which I'm still really enjoying him. Played a little bit on the bow uh, blade today. Oh. Uh, yes. Yeah. Then my parse is like creeping up there a little bit. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> this guy's hitting a little harder nowadays. What, so that hit? was pretty fun. I know you talked um, about you did a parse without champion points and then post champion I points. Did, I did. I just messing with the build, just playing with it a little bit. And this is a, a, a bow knight blade. Um, my very first parse, just getting used to it, was a little less than 60. Yeah. And my by the time I think I parsed for like 30 minutes and I had it almost up to 75. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, holy crap. Look at you. That though. might work. <laughs> I know. So, but the true test is taking them into content. You can sit in front of that dummy and smack it all day long. But the true test is getting in, into that combat and seeing, um, you know, seeing how he does in, in some vet and some vet hard mode stuff yeah. before I get the full sell. Um, I took my um, my bow warden though this week into um, we started a little group running some hard modes to get some achievements and uh, we ran scale collar peak and got the hard mode clear on that this week. Ooh, um, hang on, it, no, yeah, yeah. Tell them what you want to know. How long it took us? How long it took you? I make us truly sound like noobs. Like I tried to lead with like the oh man, he's a pretty high end player. Shit, man, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Got through hard mode skill call. Oh, super OP, bro. Uh, it took us, uh, well, last week getting used to it, and then this week it took us seven hours to get to clear. <laughs> but we did it, wow. and we figured out what the issue is. The issue is the damn RNG. It's either going to work for you in certain phases of those da- or of that damn fight, or it's not. And the only window of opportunity, you'll see it, you'll feel it, you'll know when it's happening. This is our window of opportunity because the RNG is with us on this on this particular pull. And if you can get past that, and the goal is we also figured out don't die. Mm. Don't die That's because important. if you die trying to res your buddies it is misery so we just threw ourselves at it over and over again one o'clock in the morning we finally cleared it uh which gosh dang it feels good to clear scale collar peak on hard mode because it is one of the most sadistic finn i know you can hear me you son of a bee. <laughs> It's not gotten any damn easier in there, and um, but that is the challenge that brings me right back to the hard modes because I absolutely freaking love the challenge. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's a good one, too. That's not easy. Oh, it's huge. That's, oh, my God. That's a good it's, one. Yeah. Super fun. And we decided to start, I mean, these are experienced players, right? And we decided to start with one of the hardest ones just to kind of get the feel. So we'll go through some of the other hard modes and it'll be like, oh, that wasn't so easy. It was no scale color. So, yeah. But, um, dude, I got a ton of the Blackwood main story done. I I was, I think I'm pretty close to finishing, but I started peeling off because the one, (laughs) the one thing I know we're going to talk about this. The one thing that happens in Blackwood is get out there and you're, you're working on this thing Mm -hmm. and you're just dead straight focused on something and (laughs) squirrel. Yeah. (laughs) There are quests everywhere to do. Yeah. So 
So I got locked into that, and then um, yeah, we'll talk about the rest as we when we talk about our experiences this week in, in um, Blackwood. But I did, mm-hmm. I did clear Rock Row five times this week. Wow, five times. Look at you. <laughs> Told you I played a lot. I played a crap ton this week. That's awesome. Yeah, man, super that's stoked. cool. Um, I gotta tell you, I've been having quite the time on my DK, my Stam DK. Um, yeah, they're back. <laughs> it's good. It's so good. I uh, mm-hmm. and I have nothing to really compare this to because I this is my first really hurrah with a Stam DK to like a serious extent. Um, I know at one point they struggled, I believe, but I wasn't there for that ride. So I, I can't really like say, you know, I can't really compare it apples to apples, but, uh, man, man, oh man, it is good. Got an orc yeah. and he is mean. It's fun. It's so much fun. And you, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but you know what? I'm very proud of you because you, you went with the class that you haven't played a lot of but you had an innate interest in learning and you did it you did it before this patch came out so you can definitively say that you played stam dk before it was cool to play stam dk OG. <laughs> right <laughs> you're like a two-week og oh, two on week playing OG. Stam DK. <laughs> Yeah, but um, so oh, so this man. was this was a thing. We um, we're 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 big fans of and followers of Lucky Ghost, and uh, if you guys haven't checked him out, we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the show here too. But um, he he is just truly pumping out some pretty amazing content with um, with guides, and there's tons of guides out there by uh, by a whole bunch of really really amazing content creators. But um, Lucky yeah. is really standing out right now, and um, he put his uh, list of classes in Blackwood that he feels are best with solo content right now. And like, as soon as like a new video pops up, I'm like, Boop, play. So I'm watching it. And even he said at the beginning, he goes, uh, one of these might really surprise you guys. And he got all the way through his, um, his A tier, his S tier, and then his S plus tier. And the S plus tier winner no spoilers was the freaking stam dk and he goes i i was surprised too but i'm telling you the class is back so yeah. prayers have been answered and you know maybe the, the mag dk will get some love and come back to where it was uh but uh yeah dude i'm i'm happy for you Thanks. i'm happy to see you sitting with that class that's that, you know going to be at the top of the echelon it's, here pretty quick we see a bunch of builds start to come out yeah, it's fun. Um, I'm still figuring it out for PvP. I'm honestly focusing a lot on PvE right now. And trying to get him roughly to a good, like a decently good place where I can build off of during Mid-Year Mayhem that's coming up. Um, but dude, I'll tell you this. This moment in Battlegrounds I had. I don't know if I talked about this on the show or not. I know I, I feel like I told you this story. I don't remember. Anyway, I was playing, and I think we were doing, um, I want to say, Domination. Um, so we were sitting, you know, I was running to a flag and to claim it and two uh two members from the green team which name for whatever reason is escaping me just spawned right they just spawned and they both turned on me and i'm like okay let's let's go you know so we start going to work and i swear to you it was the coolest feeling in the world i got my alt popped to take flight i think that's is that the alt or is that the fighter's guild i forget which one is i think that's yeah that that's the dk alt 
Anyway, you were just mashing buttons. I landed, and their health bars just deleted both of them. <laughs> and I was just like, "Wow!" You was... caught the two PV ears in there trying to get their daily done. <laughs> Congratulations! With a crit. <laughs> it was the coolest feeling in the whole world. But, oh, uh, dude! Anyway, yeah, fun. that is that is a cool. Feel. I had a similar thing happen to me in Cyrodiil. Yeah. Um, and it was when we were all running around. I was trying to catch up to our to the mob of freaking lore seekers. Um, as it was, I forget when it was. Anyway, uh, I got I got jumped by two um, DC players. Yeah. And um, I, and I was like, well, I'm either going to die right here and have to rest someplace, or I'm going to fight. So I started fighting. All of a sudden, I see chunks coming off their bar, and I was like, oh, this is working out real nice. <laughs> So I killed the first one. The other one turned tail and ran, and I just went, oh, hell no. So I started launching my freaking birds at him, you know, and that thing, those things go forever. It's either that between yeah. that and my snipe, I have so much damn range on the warden, and yeah. his health bar just went boop, 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 That's and so went down, cool. and I just went, oh, my God, I just 2v1. <laughs> I'm a PvE so player. Cool. That's so cool. That's fun. Man, speaking of reward, you and I, when we were, what was that? What well, we did that? Uh, we did a few Battlegrounds one day. I feel like it was a couple weeks ago. Man, D- DK and a warden running around together is gnarly. Yeah. My it's goodness. fun. It's fun. You can freaking absolutely unsummon players. Yeah. Just boop, dead. And they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, chat cool. says take flight is DKLT. Okay, thank you. I wasn't. I forgot the names between Fighters Guild and the DK. All right. Uh, wow. Well, everyone, welcome. This is the Lord Seekers Podcast. We talk Elder Scrolls Online. This is episode one nineteen. Holy crap! Been around that long. Uh, we are your hosts. I am Jibs, joined by Cash. Yeah, folks. This is a this is a, a beefy show. Um, uh, I have a little excitement in uh, in my in my step. A little excitement <laughs> in my voice because. Uh, we're going to talk about something a little bit different here in a minute when it comes to the lower list. It is thick. The two C's. <laughs> uh, anyway, last time on the show, uh, we talked uh, Blackwood. Uh, Blackwood Week. It was release, release day, release week. Uh, spoiler-free first impressions of Blackwood. Crown Store Showcase for May 2021. Update 30. A lower lesson on Lyrith the Fool Killer. Man, that was a big show. Uh, this week on the show... We're talking community guides for ESO for 2021. We're talking uh, weekend review. You know, we've been in a weekend Blackwood. Where are we at? Where are we stand with it? Is it still as awesome as we said it was last week? Spoiler, it is. New tutorial. <laughs> uh, our first impressions of Rock Grove. And a lore lesson on... Okay, so this was, uh, and it was actually perfectly timed the way that this whole thing worked out because um, I started doing the main quest line in Rock Grove and saw some recurrent characters, um, had a little bit of interest in my mind, and then one of our very good friends, Cytheria, she's in chat, had sent us a message in regards to covering, she actually she asked, have you guys ever covered Cashew the Blackfin. And I said, no, we haven't. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, just hold that thought. And I went and started looking at some stuff and I had been finding lore books everywhere on Cashew. And, um, man, I, I tweeted about it today. I was in an absolute deep dive into lore on Cashew the Blackfin. It was, I was like, this is 1000%. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to cover Cashew. And the thing is, is there's so much to cover 
that we're going to have to break it up into some different segments to get her covered. But um, that's all I'm going to say. She's, she's a pretty amazing character. Chess is thick lore is best lore. That's right. This is Argonian lore. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be good or I've bad. Oh, hey! I've got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands Look, open. he's got his drip cleaned up. Oh, I'm pretty sure he was okay with you saying that to the entire tavern. Oh, sorry. Um, you look good. You're looking good. You look... You, you smiled. We got a smile. There's a smile today. He is going to shank you as soon as you step out of this tavern. I am always on the knife's edge. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, it's that time where we talk about news. And there wasn't much. Just full disclosure. <laughs> it's release week. And anytime there's a release week of oh, yeah. any chapter, it's, it's usually the second release. Second week of release. As far as news is concerned, it's a little bit more focused around the actual releases of the DLC. So there's kind of, you know, a little bit of a gap in news. But we got some stuff we're going to talk about. And uh, first things up. First things up. First thing on the docket. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Uh, community guides for uh, Blackwood and Update 30. This coming to smellscrollsonline.com. There were a lot of wonderful guides that a lot of people put together. You had stuff from farming methods... Um, achievement guides. You had uh, companion guides. Uh, it was Seals of Endeavor. It was quite uh, quite a good list of just things to choose from. And I know we ended up uh, settling on talking about uh, Lucky Ghost video today because that, I think, by far was probably one of the most comprehensible beginner guides I think that I can honestly ever recall. <laughs> Two hours of just stuff. Yeah, we absolutely had this uh, this conversation a little while ago, and it is two and a half hours worth um, uh, that Lucky Ghost put together, which is fantastic. And I do just want to mention, um, Dominic Davies puts this together with the team at Zenimax, and I love these articles with community guides because... There are so many guides on YouTube, friends, that if YouTube is not a thing for you, these can be missed. But this is specifically why we want to cover, why we're going to cover Lucky Ghost Guide tonight, because it takes a lot of work to put videos together. You have to get in-game visuals. You got to come. You got to come up with your notes. Um, you have to record the video you have to come up with your narrative you have to execute the narrative without jumbling up your words and edit and then you got to put everything all together in the right spots with pictures and video and everything and then get it all edited up it takes a while so even though there are a lot of new player guides out there We don't want to take away from any of those, especially like Dots puts an amazing one out. I know Deltius puts a really good one out. Hack the Minotaur is like just relentlessly nonstop putting out really good videos. Um, But the standout absolutely for sure is Lucky Ghost's uh, video for new players. It's called the ESO Complete Beginner Guide Blackwood Edition 2021. It is two and a half hours that goes over absolutely everything a new player would need to know. Yes. Now, granted, 
you got to take it in chunks, right, Jibs? Oh yeah, it's it's absolute. You're you're absolutely right. It's it's a comprehensible. It's like literally a visual dictionary for ESO, and uh, yeah, pretty. It was pretty impressive. It, too, it, and everything was. Um, I like when uh, stuff like that is. Uh, oh gosh, I'm having a dead moment. Time um, time stamped, so yes. you can get to where you want to go and. Uh, it's good because, you know, you have a lot of questions for really any new player coming. You know, we kind of had that experience recently, too, with a close, really, really close friend of ours, uh, Champ, uh, yeah. coming into ESO and, and just kind of helping him navigate this massive amount of content. And I was speaking with him last night, and I'm like, you have, I told him last night in Discord, dude, you have come into the, the game at the best possible time. You really have. Right. Fresh off launch of a new DLC and uh, there's just so much content, <laughs> so much content. Yeah, and but that that is that can be a problem for some people, and that's why yeah, that's why guides like this are so essential. And I mean, you you gotta you have to think of it in this respect: the game is massive and if you've been playing the game for a while then you understand these systems and you understand um the intricacies of the game you might not be like a full expert you know and when i say expert like i'm thinking of like guys like all cast and zynode and and lucky and um and Lico and uh kefis like those those folks they know so much the inner workings of the game it's almost like the dice are rolling in their head and they just understand innately those numbers and stuff. And I'm not quite at that point. I have a working understanding of it, but it's it's not just that. I mean, you're talking all these systems. So, like when Jibs is mentioning timestamps and Lucky Ghost video, I'm going to go through through some of these, and we're going to talk about like some of the ones that that we think are probably the most important that he covered very well. But he starts with the purchasing of ESO. Like, how do you correctly purchase the game in the manner that you want to? Um, talks about ESO Plus, which is uh, Elder Scrolls Online's subscription service, and is it worth it? Uh, talks about what the crown store is, character creation, the, the different factions and classes, how questing works, how the zone guide works to help you along in your questing, death and consequences, how to charge your weapons, how the user interface works, the crafting bag, your currency tab, and what all the different uh, methods of currency that you have in the game. Your character stats, your skills, the race guide, attributes, levels, and champion points. That is a massive part. You have to really kind of dive your head into that because the champion system alone will do, will blow your mind and the things that it does. And trust me, it does make a difference because I parsed today without my, without any champion points on my nightblade. It makes a huge freaking difference. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> that was fun. Talking on the phone. Oh. I don't have a champion points head. Oh. I, yeah, I was in the middle of this serious conversation with Jibs, and I was like, son of a beep, I don't even have my damn champion points. And he's like, what? <laughs> Did you just change gears on me? Uh, um, uh, talks about buffs and debuffs, the, the, the different uh, roles of the Trinity system, tanks, healers, and DPS. Um, talks about your Munda stones. Talks about how the world scales, how to respec, how to change your passives, how to change your attributes. How to play and get, uh, either get or get rid of vampire and werewolf on your character. Sky shards, player guilds, NPC guilds, the antiquity system, your, how your front bar and back bar works. You guys, 
I'm so that's halfway down the list of things that he covers. He covers PVE, PVP, how monster helms work, how your gears work, the difference between trials and dungeons. This is hands down the most comprehensive new player guide we have ever seen. And it is so well done. And he narrates it so well. It is absolutely worth us detailing to you on our show because if you are a new player coming into ESO and I know there's some folks in chat that are new to the game and interested in the game this is a great place to start so YouTube Lucky Ghosts ESO Complete Beginner Guide now Jibs I know that we wanted to talk about some of the things that really stood out to us and kind of flush them out a little bit for new players yeah yeah you want I like you want to talk uh, like tutorial well, I, well, no, maybe we start with, um, maybe we start with ESO plus. Oh, okay. Yeah. And like what's your, what's your biggest thing about ESO plus and why it's worth subbing to the game? Um, well, I think it's uh, pretty obvious. Uh, if you're, uh, <laughs> well, to those of us who play, it's not for anyone who's new. Um, the main reason you sub for ESO plus one, honestly, is content. You get dark brotherhood, all this, all those, you know, extra, uh, DLCs, right? But the biggest important thing ever, and everyone's already posting it here in chat, in all caps, is the craft bag. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's You're not playing inventory scrolls online. At that point, you get a craft bag, which ultimately <laughs> any kind of ingredients you pick up, etc. for crafting goes right into that infinite craft bag that makes that $15 a month feel like $5 a month because it's so darn worth it. Right, right. And, you know, I'm actually really glad we're doing this because I think the last time we covered like new players it was oh, it's been a couple years since we've we covered need new to players put out our own guide sometime it's been a very long time <laughs> not putting out a guide after lucky ghost put it puts this masterpiece there's you no know, way i'm not gonna lie there was no way you would ever find me making that video two hours long, long i yeah, could there's no way it's two and a half hours edited down oh imagine gosh. how much time it took him to put together the entire guide and even the narrative for the guide i'll be you know, i'll be the first to say i hate doing video there's a reason why i'm in podcasting <laughs> i can't imagine doing oh, that for that long jesus so okay so anyway uh getting back to eso plus yeah jibs absolutely nailed it on that one you you get all the dlc except for the very very latest dlc is what you get but if you buy blackwood and you're getting into the game and then you sub and you get eso plus then you get all that DLC, which I mean, that infinitely makes that's a lot of hours you're going to put into the game to get through all that. Trust me. Um, another big thing you get is you get a 10% uh, boost to your experience. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. When you're when you're subbed, you get you get a certain allotment of crowns every single month. Or like if you sub, like I sub for six months. So if you sub for six months, then you get a bulk of crowns yeah. every time your sub uh, renews. So those are some really good bonuses that you get and, and some pluses that you get. But the biggest one, yes, absolutely, is that crafting bag. And the reason being is because in ESO, you can loot damn near everything. A lot of that loot that you're picking up out of, um, out of chests, out of urns, out of barrels, out of, you know, buckets of food and just everything is all crafting material. Well, if you don't have the crafting bag that you get with ESO Plus, all of those crafting materials go right into your regular bag. 
that bag is not endless. <laughs> it's absolutely not endless. Right. So you're going to find yourself, just like Jib said, it's going to turn into inventory scrolls online for you if you want to do all the crafting as well. So like my daughter just started playing the game. And that was one thing that I that I stressed to her is hold off on looting everything because your bags are going to fill up right away. Like if you're really interested in the game and you really continue playing, then I'll sub you and then you won't have to worry about it anymore and you can start working on all your crafting stuff. So uh, that's kind of where she's at. But is ESO Plus worth it? Yeah, like a thousand oh. percent. Yes. If you're going to continue to play the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Another really good bulk of information that he covered was your skills, the different races, and the um, the racial bonuses and attributes. I think an important thing to remember is that, and Jibs, you and I, we've been through this like a bunch of times, but on our own characters, you do not have to select the race that goes perfectly with your build. No. No, you yeah. don't. I mean, it's handy, you know, to have that because um, I, th- I think you will notice to an extent um, having the different passives. Um, but ultimately, I think you know, looking back, um, you and I, man, it's so funny you bring this up. I remember we had a conversation uh, years ago at this point where we talked about. You know, picking a race, not because of the passive, because something that you connect with. Because ultimately, yeah. when you connect with XYZ race, you know, it's going to be what keeps you invested and keeps you coming back. Versus the passives. Passives come and go. Passives can change. I mean, we've seen them change, you know. Um, yeah. But picking what you love, you know, that that infinitely means more than anything else. Because then, you know, especially when you're doing your outfit station, and I am at that outfit station way too much and yeah you are it's i spend way too much like an dude and i have spent an asinine amount of gold i don't even think i would ever say on the air just making outfits and uh i i can say that you know when you're doing that sort of thing seeing the race that you connect with it's just like ah man it makes that outfit look even better right yeah but what's wrong with that I that's that if the if if you play the game to fund your Addiction to outfit styles. I think I have one. It's a closet then, outfit addiction. Yeah, but your characters always are, they're always dressed to the nines. Oh, I appreciate like, that. I literally look like a vagabond in my freaking <laughs> green priest robes. That's all I wear. I'll just change the color every once in a while because it doesn't really cost me anything. Yeah. But you have a different outfit every single time I see you. You're so metro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, just, you know, do your thing. But you know, there's, there's even, there's a lot of folks in chat that are saying, like, they're saying the same things. Hijo de la Luna says, I love my Magic of Osmer. You know what? Right on. That's awesome. Right on. You have a spinner right there. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so just do your thing. It's, it really is. It only, it winds down to about a 5% difference if you're really worried about DPS, which is not a problem. Every single race uh, whether you're playing a stamina, whether you're playing a race that has stamina passives on a Magicka based character, it doesn't matter. You can still complete every single bit of solo content in the game. It just depends on how you play. 
That's it. It has. It all has to do with skill. Yeah. Will you notice some of those little things? Yes, you may notice, especially if you're coming from, say, a character that has an increase in magic of recovery, right? So say you're playing a Breton, and then you're playing a Breton Magicka character, and then you switch him over to a Red Guard Magicka character. You will notice a difference, small difference, in your magic of recovery. But you have potions, you have heavy attacks, you have all kinds of things that can return that. You just build that into your rotation, and it's not a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Play what you love. Play what you love. So, but anyway, that bulk of stuff that Lucky Ghost talks about in his video really does help to flesh it out for new players so you understand your skills, the different races, and, and their racial bonuses, and then what, how your attributes work. We talked about it a little bit before, but uh, his explanation of the champion point system is very good. He also has a supplemental video on the new champion point system. So do me a favor. Do not let the new champion point system run your freaking life. Like I've heard so many people go, suck up, Yosei! It's not that hard. And if it if it's too hard or too confusing for you to play with it or even want to, there are standard champion point loadouts available out there. All cast just put one up. I think um, ESO Hub has it, I think. But it's the champion points 2.0, which goes... Um, it, it has like a loadout for whatever your champion point level is. This is how many you should put into this much for a Magicka character. This is how much you should put in for a um, stamina character. And it works fine. And then you can play with it from there. It gives you a really good base of operations to work off of. So don't be scared with the new champion point system. If anything, they made it way better. Yeah. So much more cool stuff in it. Yeah. I think when I initially built the character, uh, the, or when I was initially working on the DK, it, I, I I based his points off of off, off of guy, and I legitimately cannot tell you which one because I don't know which one. I have tried to look it up since I've done this DK, and I'm like, this doesn't match any of these, so I don't know where this is from. Um, it's either going to be from a mix of Alcast, a mix of Lucky Ghost, and a mix of Zynode, all wrapped up into one baby kind of where i'm at and ever since so ever since then what i'm trying to say in a long form uh ever since then i i I stopped following guides and just kind of made the character my own changed things around abilities etc one of those being the champion point system i now i'm just going through the champion point system like okay today i want some more of this today i want some more of that i'll get to x in in a little bit right now i'm over here on like j k and l and this is where i want to focus and i'll put more points in x later um but uh so anyway, that's how I do it, and it's fun. Yeah, over time, you you begin to start figuring it out, and you'll you'll make little tweaks here and there, and, and I do the same with with my builds all the time, especially when I'm when I'm actively parsing, you know, because I'll parse for an hour a day yeah. just to get get used to my rotation, keep it up, um, you know, see what I'm parsing, see to try out different sets, and um, and I'll change stuff yeah. as as I go. So right, it's really it's it's not that hard. So don't. Um, you know, don't be um, don't be swayed by it just because it looks intricate. Yeah. Um, another thing he goes over is the antiquity system. Antiquity yeah. system is fantastic. That's a really really good one for him to go over because there's some new systems in the game. So, um, housing system is not it's not new. That one's been in there for a while. But a couple of things like antiquities is relatively new. 
Um, and that's you basically make your character into a treasure hunter and you can get all kinds of freaking cool stuff for you to discover and dig up. And I mean, that is a, that's an entire mini game on its own. Um, the, one of the ones that he goes over to is the new companion system, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, which is freaking really good, like very well done. So I'm excited to talk about that one. Um, the housing system, that is a complete other game. It is freaking housing scrolls online, a thousand percent. There are some really intricate things that you could do with housing in this game. And there are people that dump almost all their game time into housing. And it's yeah. perfectly okay. Yeah. Oh, man. You yeah. Know, it's. Yeah. You... Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to step on you there. Uh, ab- absolutely it's uh that's they'll base their whole gameplay around it people make amazing things uh, one of those things uh no i go back to the lore seeker guild ch- um uh guild chapter home uh, uh i believe jamarn and the guild helped create and there was an mm-hmm. organ Jamarn. Uh, yeah jamarn sparky jamarn yep. sparky yeah there's an organ that they made from like lore books and, and other pieces that they've all just, yeah. like, I forget how many, uh, apparently it was a stupid amount of items wrapped into one just for the organ. And it will... Yeah, and that's for the Halloween house. Oh, that was the Halloween it's, house. I'm sorry. They have a, Lord Seekers has, Lord Seekers Guild on PC, and it has a Halloween house. That's insane. And they literally built an organ. Like, there's no organs in the game. They built an old, creepy organ yeah. out of all these different parts. And, like, I'm looking at the thing just going... You have got to be kidding me! Yeah, like there's, there's no way that I could ever do that. Yeah, and the carriage, remember that? The yeah. the horse built a carriage, carriage. Mm-hmm. with the coffins. Oh my gosh! Yeah, just, yeah, they're pretty pretty amazing work. Just amazing, absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, the um, we're just finishing up here. There's just a few more things that we want to talk about with Lucky's um, video, but uh, he also covers the Seals of Endeavor. That, that is a new system that is coming out which lets you acquire items from the crown store for the work that you do in the game. And that system has, I think it's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of folks asking for that. And as another example of how Zenimax listens to their players and they put this Seals of Endeavor program into the game so that folks don't have to spend real life money. And I think it's awesome and it's brilliant. And it's yeah. all for doing things that you normally do yeah. in the game. That's been a big thing for a long time. Uh, but it's, you know, seeing that come to the game is great. You know, right. More ways to earn these awesome things than just buying them with, with real, real work. Real world cash. That's great. Yep. I'm a real world cash. Are you? I am. With a K. You don't count. Okay. Um, a couple other things that, that we wanted to, to cover. And this this is like where I think where the video stands out. Because he didn't stop at just these are the basics. He went in to how to increase your DPS if you're a DPS player. And if you don't if you're a new player you don't know what DPS is, it's damage per second. Uh, it basically is how much damage your character can put out because it does make a difference. Now, there's a couple things within this game. One is called um, light attack weaving. That one is, it's very important because if you if you use a skill, you put a light attack in between. And as you get good, 
that speeds up. And as that speeds up, your DPS will go through the roof if you're light attack weaving. The other one is animation canceling where, you know, each spell, each, uh, each action that you use, each skill that you use has some type of an animation on it. And as you get better with that rotation, you can you can learn how to do things to cancel out those animations so the animation will still fire the skill will fire but the animation will stop and that's how you really speed up your rotation so he goes over he kind of details some of that stuff and i was just very very impressed by the way that he did it and then uh, you know one of the last things that we wanted to cover that he covered is add-ons um more specific to players that play on pc because unfortunately there's no add-ons that are uh, available or allowed on a console, but um, add-ons are a big deal. And uh, it kind of goes over some of the more important add-ons and, you know, how to get that stuff installed onto your PC. So yeah, they're pretty awesome. Yeah. Add-ons um, are good. <laughs> add-ons are very good. Um, yeah. So we, we just want to take some time and, and just really just kind of throw lucky some love because it's hard to realize how much time it takes to put something like that out. And this is not to take away from any of the other content creators that put stuff out and, and made the community guides list. Cause there's some no. pretty fantastic ones out there. Yeah. Uh, Tian Lin was in there. Shimmer was in there and they're always good for, for doing really good ones. Bra, we got this, which I still laugh that name all the time, but just really good, solid content creators putting out really good stuff. So check that out at elder scrolls online.com. Agreed. Uh, well said. Uh, so the new player tutorial experience, you and I both got some time to uh, step foot in that. And mm-hmm. uh, and and um, I'm not going to lie. Like, first time I'd done the new character creator, too. Um, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. You know, being able to... I, I like the lighting. It's The lighting is, a, I feel like, a little bit more... Um, indicative of what you see out in the real world you know when you're in the sunlight so you're getting a better understanding of the skin color that you're going for with your character etc and then uh you know you step foot in the tutorial man i like that tutorial the tutorial is it's good and i liked it just because it's different yeah um I, I really have enjoyed the fact that it is it's a different experience this time and it gave me an opportunity to kind of dive into the lore maybe a little bit more because they just hint at it a little bit. Yeah. When you're, when you're doing this, um, you remember, you remember where it was, where it took place? I'm going to test your lore right now. Uh, it was in Balf, uh, Great. You're totally reading. It's also in the show notes. Uh, it's off the coast Mm -hmm. of Iliac Bay in case you want to know. Yeah. I don't Um, remember these things. Clearly. Uh, so anyway, um, this took place on the Isle of Balfiera, uh, and it's important to realize. And I even I had to like relook it up because I was like, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Where the hell is that? So it's off the coast of Iliac Bay, and Balfiera was once used as a meeting point for the kingdoms of High Rock where they would discuss political stuff and treaties and such, right? Right. But even before that, this place has so much freaking history, it's insane. So even before that, Balfiera Island, the island itself, is most known 
for being the home of the Dureni Tower. Yeah. Well, the Dureni, yeah. So the Dureni Tower, we're like, okay. Number one, it is also called the Adamantine Tower. This is the oldest structure on Tamriel. And when I say the oldest structure on Tamriel, I mean it's the oldest structure, period. One of the first things to be built ever. And the reason being is because the Dureni Tower was used as a meeting place for the Adra, the good gods, to discuss the creation of Mundus itself. Like they met on this tower. Yeah. To discuss the creation yeah. of everything. Yeah. Now, there was some treachery that happened. Of course, there's always got to be some type of drama. And this drama that took place was the trickery that one of the gods named Lorcan was planning on Mundus. So because of that trick trickery, they met again at the Dureni Tower, the Adamantine Tower at the time, to discuss what his punishment might be. And of course, his punishment became ripping his freaking heart out of his chest and throwing it off the top of the Dureni Tower. I like how these dial up to 11. Like, they waste no time. They go from a G-rated to an X-rated film in a yeah. matter of seconds. They did not they screw ready. around at all. No. So uh, so that is insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. I love that um, we go back to that tower because it totally brings me back to Oblivion. It And, and all the feels there, you know, the, the, ta- the it's gorgeous to finally, you know, not finally, because you you know you see it in Cyrodiil, but it's just man, it's just cool to see for like an, in a different light. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I the tower still exists. Um, it exists in ESO. I actually tried to swim there off the coast of Iliac Bay, and I was murdered by slaughterfish. Ah, turns out uh, they kind of they ulti- they have yeah. the ultimate DPS. They are the yes, ultimate they, DPS. Yes, class. They, they truly do. You can only swim <laughs> uh, a certain distance away. So um, anyway. So, in the tutorial, you meet Norianwe, and this was a, a point that actually Jibs brought up that was very, very interesting to me. So, Norianwe, she's a female Altmer, and she's a scholar of Clan Dureni. Now, specifically, she says she is a member of Dureni's intelligence guild known as the Cinderil. So, of course... As soon as I hear, like, intelligence, like, secret squirrel stuff, I'm super intrigued by all that kind of stuff. Like, spies, I love that stuff. So, right. of course, we're going to look into this, right? And there's not a whole lot of out there about Cinderella. But what we did, what we were able to uncover is that Cinderella, she even describes it. She says she's kind of a mix between a spy and a scholar. Kind of a part spy, part mage scholar. But they are said, this intelligence guild is said to largely occupy themselves with interprovincial intrigue. And then what is kind of revealed a little bit later is that it's almost like the CIA, to be honest with you, because <laughs> this particular entity is keeping their eye on Tamriel and they, are, they have knowledge about the things that are happening, like most of the major events and stuff that are going on in Tamriel in other parts of the con- uh, continent they have knowledge of because they have eyes everywhere. And I was like, oh, that would be a kick-ass thing for them to flesh 
out. Um, yeah, to see a brand new guild added to Elder Scrolls for the first time in decades. Dude. Um, yes, yes, please. <laughs> well, and a you know what, though, that quest, is quest line, bro. That's yeah. how they do it. That is how Lehman and his team of sneaky, sneaky writers does it. I'm telling you, they drop little hints here and there, and some people pick up on it, and some people don't. Yeah. I am normally not one of the people that pick up on it when it comes down the road later, because I forget. I mean, I'm old. What are you going to do? But well, age, age. Undoubtedly, though, that's there's been a lot of like little tiny injections of this might be coming later. So could you imagine if later on down the road, the intelligence wing of Clan Dureni becomes a thing and you become an agent? Ah! I think that you will see that. And I also think we're going to Shivering Isles next year. That's what I think. Oh, wow. So I think, check out the big brain on you. I think it's because uh, I don't know if anyone recalls. They kind of sprinkled. I don't know if this was intentional. But they totally told us where we were going this year, and we had no idea. Shadowlands. Or not Shadowlands. Wow! Blackwood. I was thinking World of Warcraft for some reason. Anyway. Did you say Shadowlands? I totally did. <laughs> Just gloss over it, man. Come on, cut me. Hell no! I'm not letting you get away with that. You had a serious mental fart. They told us we were going to Oblivion. <laughs> when they brought out the... Um, oh my gosh, I'm having another moment. Uh, this the skin that you could get of um, of, of Mayrune's Dagon, the red skin uh, colored, the red colored skin. Um, I can't remember it. Anyway, yeah, Deadlands, Deadlands, Deadlands yes. skin. Yes. Anyway, oh my god, that was oh god, you stressed me out so bad. That was in the Crown Store last year, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, that's kind of random, but guess what? Yeah. Let's tell where we're going. I think yeah. we're going to Shivering Isles next year, and I think we'll see this new guild. Call it now. It, it would match. It would match. And if you guys shivering aisles, we're talking Uncle Sheo. Oh, crazy Sheo. We're talking Uncle Uncle Sheogorath, the freaking crazy cheeseburgers in paradise. Cheeseburgers in paradise. That's a good. Have you yeah. eaten there? That's a good place. I was be... talking more about the Jimmy Buffett. Oh. Just oh. terrible freaking so, music, by the way. It's a good restaurant. Just in case you I can't know. say Jimmy Buffett is good music when I'm wearing a Misfits t-shirt. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, anyway. Okay. So anyway, we just, we wanted to just yank a little bit more lore out of there for you because in the new tutorial, not only do they teach you the game, but they just, they just kind of poke at little things of lore. And we wanted to try and extract a little bit more out for you. So you got a little mini lore lesson there in Clan Durrani, but, um, Without uh, spoiling the experience for you, um, Nori Anway is going to teach you the basics of combat. And probably the most important thing is she's going to teach you how to loot about five million freaking urns. (laughs) She's going to walk you through those urns real good. Yeah, because um, we're looking at a 10-minute tutorial that took me an hour because I looted every effing urn in that place. I am an urn fiend. You can get so many recipes and motifs and good stuff out of urns, not to mention lockpicks. I think I had 80 some odd lockpicks by the time I was done with the tutorial because I literally 
looted every urn I could find. But yeah. anyway, you, you, you stand a chance to get some really good loot. Um, Jibs, did you notice one of the main differences with, with this tutorial is that you can pick any armor piece, a beginning piece of any armor piece or any weapon that you want. Yeah. It's all there. I love that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, with, it was yeah. almost kind of a reoccurring thing with tutorials, at least I would say the last three years, with uh, you didn't know what kind of tutorial you were going to get, and it was always updated. Some were better than others. And um, with this tutorial, I think in the very least what they've done is they've set a great standard for simplicity to get you in the game. You can pick, you know, off the mannequins there what armor you want and just get started and get you into the game. It, right. I feel like it, it was much, much. It was the shortest tutorial tutorial that I've seen, but it was very simplistic. It was simple. It gets you in and gets you out, and that's and it was beautiful. Agreed. Agreed. I'm just looking at chats, making me laugh because they're talking about the urns and the decorative wax you can get. And so many urns, <laughs> and you sure. earned every one. And you earned every one. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for taking the lock picks. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I am. Um, uh, I liked it. I am. Um, uh, it was. It was simplistic, but yeah. you know, we are. We are very interested in the lore. So um, I love the little teasers that they threw in there. I, I do have. I do have some wonder. I love what you're saying about you know where we may be going and how they're hinting at stuff. Um, and I'm really glad to see that that's what we're pulling out of this. Other than just like. This is how you do a heavy attack. This is how you do a light attack. It's like I rolled a character just to go through that so I could see it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, of course, at the end, what's the big thing at the end that we get that's new? What do we get with new? Uh, the at portals. At the end of the... Yes, thank you. There you go. Like, sounded like I could actually hear the gears, like, well, clicking back into were, place. They were, like, frozen, so they had to start get. They had to, you know, they had to kind of wind up because yeah. I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going yeah. with this? I could actually hear loop? the mouse. I could hear the mouse running on the wheel in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Is that mouse Sheesh. wheel internet? Uh, yeah. yeah, those those portals, absolutely awesome. Because it totally harkens back. This to me screams one Tamriel. This entire moment yeah. at the last bit of this tutorial screams one Tamriel, and that is right. player choice. Yeah, you get to choose where you want to go. I absolutely. think that's 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 pretty huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I would say it was a great tutorial. Uh, gets you, like I said earlier, gets you into the game, um, and you you don't feel like you're really like it uh, like you're hanging around any particular place too long. You're able to just get in and get started with the game. So I dig it. Yeah, agreed. Speaking of something else, we dig. You went through it five times. I've I been did. through it once, and that was the Rock Grove trial yes now that's a good one <laughs> I, I like a, I like a lot of um, I like the area it's at I like the um, I like the story uh, and the reason that I like it is because I am discovering this newfound love for Argonians yeah which is which is new and yeah. it's uh, com completely uh, to the contrary of the way that I've felt before. But it just goes to show that I'm saving room for growth, friends. 
I save room for growth. I'm never completely on one side or completely on the other side. And it just goes to show somebody out there might be able to change my mind about Sotha the Seal. Do you but really anyway, not I digress. Like no. I oh, okay. Well, all right. I've said it like a thousand. Have you been to the podcast that we do? I'm sorry. It's my first episode. I've never done this before. It truly is. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't want to go into it with Soap the Seal uh, uh, quite right now. But, um, so you yeah, wouldn't slide left? I think he... That's gross. I think he, he, he's brilliant in the things that he, he has done and created, but um, he, he betrayed a lot of people. Oh. And he betrayed trust, and I don't like that. Anyway, okay. So Rock Grove... I like me. I like me helping out some Argonians kill some Nagas. I for, uh, for sure. Sure. Is that a whiskey burp? You want me to finish that off for you? you... No, that actually tasted like hot dog. I oh, hate to say that live gross. on the air, but oh, it was like a, it was like a good. I one? had meat. No, I had meat earlier, not hot dogs. What kind of meat you have? I don't want to go through this <laughs> on the air. <laughs> <laughs> my meat burp. Oh man! So anyway, Rock Grove Trial. There's a lot of a lot of content in this game. There's a ton of dungeons. I need. I honestly need a number. Maybe check and help us what the no, dungeon number is at this point and the trial number. But the <laughs> at this point, the Rock Grove Trial is absolutely exceptional, and I like the fact that. You know, I think the first time I really stepped into the trial game was um, uh, Somerset? Yeah, late Somerset. Because I remember when Somerset dropped and we were talking on the show and we're like, you know, I, I never thought I would see a trial, ever. To me, the idea of being in a trial uh, was absolutely asinine. Um I was I'm mostly I was was mostly a PvP player, um, and spent most of my time doing those things. And of course, you know, questing and, and leveling tunes and figuring stuff out. But the idea of getting me into a trial was just like, yeah, that's never going to happen. And um, so anyway, coming from Somerset all the way, and then you go, of course you go through at Sunspire, then elsewhere, and then of course you have Graymore's. Um, what is it, Heinz? I believe it's Heinz. But uh, anyway, and then you come to. Um, and then you come to Blackwood, and you've got the Rock Grove trial. So you fast forward all the way from Somerset to Rock Grove, and these trials just continue to progress very well. Uh, this one I thought was absolutely awesome. The boss fights were great. The visuals were great. I'm loving the Imperial influence that you're seeing on Argonian culture and the way that they speak, the way they act. It's, they're a totally different type of Argonian. Oh yes, that, dude. We talked about this the other day. Go. I want to. I love the fact that you picked this out. This is. I'm so impressed. Go. The hardest part for me, anytime I'm talking to an Argonian, was when they have the quarter up to their throat when they speak, and it's just like okay. That was hard for me to get past, but now. <laughs> They're smokers. They, they are. Yeah, they were. You know, eighty years into sixty packs of Marlboros a day, and you know nowadays, uh, I don't know. Maybe the hiss sap that they drink from the tree has cleared their throat up, but now they sound. I like the way these Southern Argonians are. That's all I gotta <sighs> say. What? Damn it! I thought you were gonna pull it out. This was your opportunity. Pull what out? 
why the Argonians in the southern part of Cyrodiil speak like this. Imperial influence. Thank you. Thank you. Very proud of you. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. The but you just said it was hyssop. No, it wasn't hyssop. No, it it's, not like, it's not like taking a spoonful of honey when you have a freaking sore throat. Maybe I mentioned it when it's, you stepped away to pee real quick. I don't know. I just kind of lost oh, track. Okay. Well, thanks for outing me. <laughs> I went to go kiss my wife, okay? And pee. <laughs> Squeeze the lemon. <laughs> hey, stuff happens. Gross! All right. But yes, so, so like, an, bro, I don't even know for sure. But the only thing that I can, that I can think of is that there's so much imperial influence and there's it, the, the control of that area of southern Cyrodiil, um, you know, the county of Leoine, the areas up the Green Road, the Yellow Road, um, Blackwood, Black Marsh, they have all changed hands so many times for who is leading that and still at the same time have managed to stay out of three banners war, but leadership has changed so many times and the in, the different influences have happened so many, so often that when the, the Imperial influences that came down from them, there's even in Blackwood minor spoiler alert in Blackwood, you will, you will find remnants of Imperial influence. Um, Whole, you know, forts, holds that have remnants of that imperial influence. So the imperials, as we know, were more, were definitely more of a proper race, and they don't talk like the Argonians. They're more, very much more refined. So those Argonians that have spent their life in Gideon and in Leowin have had that influence ever since they were hatchlings. Yeah. So that's why. They have refined their voice and stuff. And like I said, I don't know if that's absolutely true. There could be some other lore reason, and I'm totally wrong, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> so is that. I really Let's liked get back it. To- I really liked it. That's all I wanted to say. I really liked Yay! it. All right. <laughs> yeah, so you're, talk- you're talking the trial as a whole. You really yes, liked Yes, the trial and the Argonians okay. that you interact with and the, you know, um, uh, I, just, yes. I I like the boss fights. I, it felt good. Um, I did not see or experience any bugs. Uh, apparently, there was a bug with the last boss at some point. Um, yes. That was not present when I ran said dungeon last Saturday. So, Saturday of release, release week. Um, okay, so I am not sure if that was a bug or if that was us just not knowing the mechanics on that first run. But that the last boss, and I won't uh, I won't spoil it too too much. But um, the last boss is really fun. It's a super dynamic fight, and I really really enjoyed it. Um, there's three different levels in this giant Daedric Tower, and um, you basically have to clear the first stage, and then you have to ascend some stairs, and then you get to the second stage. And then on the third stage, some different stuff happens. But essentially, it gets harder each time. And there are some visual cues that you have to take. And you have to, um, you got to know, like, when this happens, you got to be here. And if this happens, you have to be here. And like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything for you if you want to do a blind run in there, which is pretty much what we did the first time. Yeah. But I really did enjoy those mechanics, and there's there are some healing checks in there, 
there are certainly some DPS checks in there. Oh, and, absolutely on the yeah, DPS and, check. Whew. And granted, granted, I have not run it on vet. I've only run it on normal. So when I do, which I'm pretty sure it's going to happen pretty quickly, when I do get in there on vet, I can only imagine it's going to be a little bit like like Kinds Aegis, where the freaking mob poles in between the bosses will set you straight. Oh yeah, I guarantee you. There's a there's probably yeah. there's a couple three poles in this one where on vet it is it's going to eat your sandwich for sure. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be ready for that. Um, so yeah, and I think I think that one thing that we thought was a bug, and I, ha- I haven't researched it, so maybe there was a bug, but I think that one thing that we thought was a bug was just a mechanics thing that we were work that we were trying to work through because once we got that part figured out there was no bug so it's like okay well maybe that was it right um absolutely beautiful i mean i love the setting you know the setting is is like an old zanmir looking um ruin uh that just you, you just continue to go up and up and up a little bit and then um you know the last the last portion of it is just full Daedric. Like, oh, like yeah. whoa, this entire landscape has changed. Yeah. And um, and I really did. I really did enjoy that. The story is is very good in it. Um, you know, it's short. Obviously, you're in there to kill a bunch of stuff. Um, so the story is short, but it's interesting. It's an interesting story. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I, I don't feel like... Um, do you feel like in comparison to length of trial... Like in the grand scheme of things, do you feel um, this trial is shorter and or longer than Sunspire? I'm using Sunspire. Is longer. You think so? Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely longer than Sunspire. Sunspire is easy because there's just a few pulls in between three bosses. I always felt, I always felt like this was faster than Sunspire. I don't know. Uh, maybe for, because you I'm were trying getting to get a gauge Maybe because you're getting raffle stomped at Sunspire. Because <laughs> <laughs> it can do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially all that ice coming at you. Um, okay. Yeah, I was trying to get a gauge for a length. Like, you know, in the grand, like if, if this was, it, do you think this was uh, shorter or longer than Kind's Aegis? I think it was about the same. About the same? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and it's all, it's all yeah. relative. Because, I mean, if, if you're doing like a clean run through it where you're not getting, you're not getting, you know, getting any wipes or anything or, yeah. you know, the, the, the bosses, which on normal, when, once you know the fights, it's not hard. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a stepping stone to vet. Yeah. Um, so if you're talking like just making it through each of the bosses without wiping and having to wait for reses and all that stuff, then yeah, it's probably about the same as kinds. Right. Okay. Well, but- this was fun, uh, like you said. You know, we we um, I, th- I believe you had you had already ran it once earlier in the day, and uh, that was a very very fun blind run with the guild with Lore Seekers. It was Lore Seekers mm-hmm. guild uh, guild run. Absolutely awesome, absolutely amazing. And um, so anyway, hey, if you're looking to want if you're wanting to get into raid content or trial content as we call it here in ESO, make sure you check out Rock Grove because it was a good one. I'm ready for lore. I'm ready for lore too. Are you and, nervous? Um, I'm a little bit nervous, and uh, and I think the reason that I'm a little bit nervous is because friends, I am, 
I'm going to try something a little bit different. Um, instead of instead of gathering lore sources and and coming up with things for me to present to you in the lore of Elder Scrolls, particularly Elder Scrolls Online, I decided to become mobile. And I decided to actually go out into the world and seek out interviews with scholars who know the lore better than the books. And that is what I've decided to do for, for this lore lesson. And, and we're going to see how this, um, this few series here that we do on uh, Keshu the Blackfin, how that works out. Uh, because I had a lot more fun getting out into the world and actually interviewing some of these characters and some of these scholars and chroniclers of the history of Tamriel. That's awesome. Let's jump right in. Enter my mind, Vestige, and walk with me through the shadows of past events. Lord Lesson 119, friends. And as I talked about before, uh, some of the reasons why we decided to go with Keshu the Blackfin in part one of this series. Now, Keshu the Blackfin is no ordinary Soxleal. You remember that Soxleal is an Argonian. She comes from humble beginnings only to evolve into a war hero, a freedom fighter, and a political icon fighting for the advancement of the Argonian, Argonian's very society. So to get to the true story of Keshu, this week, I traveled to the Calidus Inn in Leowin, which is a quaint little tavern in the town proper. One of our reliquary contacts set up a meeting with Peak Iriel, a friend and confidant to the great Keshu the Blackfin. Upon my arrival, the ambience was perfect for this meeting. It was mid-morning in Leowin, so the taverns were relatively quiet. Pika Real was a gracious and welcoming female Soxleal. She was dressed in a beautifully formal Marsh Lord formal bugshell robe. Immediately I could see that her demeanor was very kind and inviting, and we sat together at an isolated table and ordered a traditional Argonian blood wine, which was provided free of charge from the owners of the establishment. It became quite apparent that Pika Real was something of a local legend. In town. Now, Pika Real began with a small talk, just talking about the weather. She seemed quite interested in my own travels. But we spoke of a mutual interest in the histories of Tamriel and discovering its stories lost to time. Now, the good humored conversation transitioned organically into her own adventures with her close confidant, Keshu. Apika Real had written several books on the subject of her beloved egg sister. From their first chance meeting as hatchlings, growing up in an isolated Argonian village, a village name was Sikhat Zol, Peek and Keshu were inseparable as friends. They played together, they attended school together, they learned to hunt, track, and fight, as all fledgling Argonians did. But as they grew together, Pika Real began to notice something different about Keshu. Keshu had an innate interest in her studies, particularly in the history of Soxlil civilization that existed 
before the dusk fall. That brings me to our first fun fact. Duskfall refers to the relatively slow decline of the ancient and bustling Saxlil civilization. Something happened to the Argonians. Now, prior to this mysterious period, Argonian society was more advanced, more unified. However, since little is known about why Duskfall actually took place, there is a lot of speculation to this day. Some believe the decline of Argonian society took place due to increasing distances of trade routes and trade partnerships, while others believe that the histories themselves revealed the true path and were somehow involved. So continuing on in our conversation, Pika Real described her friend Keshu as independent and free-thinking, much more so than the rest of their other egg siblings that they went to school with. She even admitted that Keshu's fiery individualism had once frightened her. As if it were written into the stones themselves, Peek revealed that upon licking from the history on their name day, which is an ancient rite of maturity for Argonian youth, her friend Keshu was awarded with the name Keshu, which literally means stands apart. So Pete continued to joyfully tell a story of her and Keshu's childhood, where Keshu intended to play a trick on a local egg tender. Now, the young friends had loved to play among the developing eggs in a place called the Sacred Nest. But the egg tender, by the name of Julian Na, would always scold them and chase them away. Now, Keshu, the young and inquisitive Argonian she was, intended to scare the egg tender and have a good laugh. So she managed to capture a young Wamasu and let it go into the nest. Now, it did absolutely scare the egg tender, but in doing so, it destroyed three helpless eggs. And Keshu was so heartbroken over the deed, she volunteered to be the egg tender's assistant in caring for the eggs for the rest of the calendar cycle. Now, Pika Real described Keshu as very compassionate and a caring leader in her youth, which naturally led to others following her spark. Now, many of these Argonians that adhered to what she was saying would eventually follow Keshu to war. In the time to follow, as Peak described in detail, their group of egg brothers and sisters collectively studied under the teachings of their mentor, an Argonian by the name of Dramenson. Dramenson was an elder, instruct- an elder instructor, also known as a Rod- Raj Delit, charged with preparing the group for their rites of maturity. He would instruct them in the ways of the hunt, in the ways of tracking and crafting. It was Dramenson's charge to assure that these young broodlings conformed to the needs and requirements of the community. Keshu would noticeably thrive under his tutelage. Now, the rites of maturity included three very difficult tests. For each of which these tests was a story of Keshu's prowess in the hostile environs of the marshlands. Now, the first test was coined the Trial of the Lost Centipede. The test was to capture and release and then track a particularly hostile specimen of large centipede through the overgrown marshlands. 
If you play Elder Scrolls Online, you have undoubtedly seen these plump centipedes running around. Now, the goal was to recover the centipede and return it to the instructor alive and unharmed. Now, during this particular event, Pika Real excitedly revealed that young Keshu was not only able to distract a large Hajimoda from attacking a classmate that was caught in quicksand, he was on his own hunt, got caught in quicksand, so she saved him, but she also stealthily dispatched the three Naga that were surrounding her own centipede after she finished tracking it. They were looking for a tasty treat, so they were looking to kill the centipede But these Naga hunters were vicious and relentless in their own right. But they quickly found the business end of Keshu's daggers, and they were not even afforded a chance to defend themselves. As Keshu slithered underwater through the murky water and reeds and appeared like a ghost before them and sliced them all down. And we're talking about a teenage Argonian. She had some innate skill, and apparently she was a Nightblade. Fun fact. Keshu's stealthy waterborne ambush of three hostile Naga during her first of her rites of maturity quickly spread through the village. She was very quickly coined Keshu the Blackfin from that moment. Now, the second rite of maturity test was the art of the craft, It was called the Trial of the Perfect Bowl. And this required the students to seek out and utilize very specific ingredients from the wilderness to craft a bowl from a specific crafting location. As an added bonus, the crafting locations were set in some hidden part of the marshlands and very dangerous locations to boot. Now, Keshu the Blackfin's task was to craft a bowl from the egg of a Hajmota, one of the angriest creatures in the swamp. The egg of the Hajimoto was not only difficult to acquire, but it was also notoriously brittle and a very difficult material to utilize and craft. Pika Real brightened as she described the determination in Keshu's eyes upon setting off on her task. Now, the tale Peak spun about Keshu's second ride of maturity had so many embedded lessons that truly lent to the skill and character of Keshu the Blackfin. She described her harrowing tale of luring the mother Hajmoda away from the nest, gently swiping the smallest egg as to not disturb or harm any other part of the nest or anything else in the brood, and her stealthy escape from the approaching Papa Hajmoda. She then described the delicate crafting of the bowl itself from the egg's shell under a time limit as her remote crafting station sunk into the bog. Now, Peek's description of the final judging of the students' offerings spoke volumes. And she said, As the Rajnasa Sam examined each of our offerings in turn, we were able to look upon some truly impressive feats of crafting. But it was evident that Keshu had overtaken this field, the field this season. Her bowl crafted from the simplest Hajmoda shell, was elegant in its modesty and beautiful in its purity. It needed nothing but to be true to its natural form, and Keshu masterfully let that natural form shine forth, even as she turned it from a brittle shell into a strong, unbreakable 
bowl. And that caught my attention in particular because she didn't just do that to a bowl, but she would move on to do that to soldiers and politicians and people. Pretty amazing. So our conversation continued to be quite moving. One thing that struck me regarding Keshu's outlook on her existence was simply described by Peek Ariel. In telling the story of how she swiped the egg from the Hashimoto's nest, Peek Ariel said, Now, Keshu wanted to steal an egg from the nest, but she didn't want to harm any of the remaining eggs or injure the Hashimoto in the process. She believed in making as little mark as possible on the world as she passed through it. And that struck me as particularly amazing. Now, the third and final trial, standing between the students and their status as adult members of Soxleal Society, was called the Trial of the Stalking Hackwing. You all know what hackwings are. We're going to talk about it in a second. But in this test, each student was locked in a cage with a fully grown hackwing. And here's a little fun fact. A hackwing can be described as a flying lizard with a saw-like beak. They usually travel in large flocks and have rather unique method of hunting their prey. They typically strike quickly and silently, aiming to merely wound their prey at first. They will then fly off, stalking the wounded prey until they are so weak from blood loss, they collapse, and then the hackwing will return to finish the task. Hackwings are native to the regions of Black Marsh and the southern coast of elsewhere, Hunters prize the thick hide of the, of the hackwing as it can be used to make very strong medium armors, which allow for freedom of movement and unhindered speed. Now, I found this particular test to be ironic as I talked to Pika Real. Why would a Saxleo wish to put their own kind in a cage merely for the purposes of testing their skill, especially with the heinous enslavement of so many Argonians at the hands of the Dunmer? Jibs, you should be paying very close attention to this because you're such a fan of the Dunmer. Dunmer's best Dunmer. <laughs> well, this test, this test was in fact an ancient rite. Now, despite the plight of so many Argonians through the years and life of slavery, this test just further proves the mental toughness one must possess to be Argonian and survive in the harshness of their homeland. I inquisitively listened as Pika Real continued. The goal of this trial was for the cage-confined student to allow the hackwing to injure them and draw blood without fully incapacitating the student. The hackwing would then be released from the cage and allowed to hunt their prey. The student must catch and kill the very same hackwing before it would do the same to them. Wow. Yeah. So before describing Keshu's experiences with the trial, Peek Ariel described her own. Without embarrassment, it was more like a badge of courage, Peek described her lack of judgment in where she allowed the hackwing to strike. Her hackwing struck true and unfortunately pierced right through Peek's chest, narrowly missing her heart and requiring immediate intervention from the village healers. Now, this injury consequently removed her from the trial and caused her to have to wait another season to challenge the rights of maturity once again. But without batting an eyelid, 
Pika Real continued her tale of Keshu's trial with a sense of pride in her friend. Keshu's hackwing had struck her in the temple, drawing blood from her head as planned, and she was released from the cage. Now, Keshu immediately leapt from the cage and ran into the wilds, trying to lead the hackwing into the canopy of the trees. Keshu fashioned a crude spear from a tree branch, camouflaged herself against the trunk of a large tree, and waited. She had skillfully planned for the hackwing to ambush her under the cover of the trees so the attack would not come vertically but horizontally. The hackwing did exactly as she had forecasted. Thinking its prey had sought the cover of trees to find a safe place to bleed out and perish, the hackwing flew in silently and swiftly, hoping for an easy score. But Keshu was a skilled huntress. Upon the hackwing's attack, Keshu raised her spear and allowed the flying razor beak to fly right into its sharp point, thus ending the hunt. Keshu would emerge victorious and pass her right of maturity trials with well-earned triumph. But Keshu was concerned with only one thing, getting back to the village to assure her wounded friend was safe and well-tended. From the tears welling in Pika Reel's eyes, it was very apparent just how much of an impact Keshu had made upon her egg brothers and sisters, even in her formative years. She was not only an adept member of Soxlil Society and a budding leader, but she was a caring and loyal friend. I motioned for the innkeeper to bring us a clean kerchief and another round of libations. Peek nodded and indicated that she was fine, and when I asked if she felt up to continuing with our meeting, she smiled wryly and said, But the tale has not yet begun, my friend. Keshu the Blackfin, having completed her childhood rites and earning her place amongst Argonian society, was destined for a life of greatness. Her story was merely beginning, and the places she would find herself were far beyond the reaches of Blackwood. Not long after her rites of maturity, Keshu the Blackfin would set upon a journey to learn more about the world beyond her tiny village. So join us next week as we continue this unprecedented tale of courage, loss, triumph, and freedom. Oh my gosh. Woo! Yes, sir! Woo, that was a long one. Sorry, folks. Oh, wow. Yes, well done. Friends, really hey, this was a trial run of this new version of Lore Lessons. And Cash worked his butt off getting this ready. So please reach out to us on our social media channels. Please, everyone here in chat, tell him how he did. Brother, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. you I'm getting some love good. in chat. Thank you, guys. That one was, uh, I was a little nervous about the delivery on that one. But uh, I'm not kidding you. Like, I loved it. I literally went into the game to find what I needed for for that and I went to the locations I talked about and I just had so much more fun doing this lower lesson that way it's fun that was awesome wow yeah good job thank you thank you um well friends hey if you enjoyed this episode and we really hope you did uh go and leave us a review from wherever you know however you're tuning in tell us how we are doing uh you love us yeah like yeah honest let us know. But hey, for every five-star review that we get on iTunes, we show you some love by leaving you 
with a shout out right here on the show. And we actually have a review here from Genevieve1679. USA says, hi, it's Genevieve. <laughs> I've hi, listened- Genevieve. Hey, Genevieve. I've listened for a long time and finally decided to write a review. Back in 2018, when the show started, I also learned my dad was dying of cancer. I spent many hours listening to the show while driving, and their antics got me through some of the most difficult times I've ever experienced. I want you, I want, uh, if you want a show you can laugh at, get tips from players, and hear the lore behind the game, this is the show for you. Jibs and Cash, thank you for being awesome. Thank you, Genevieve. Sweet. That's very sweet. Yes. Yeah, the, you know, the stories that we hear about people that listen to the show when they're going through through hard times. Genevieve, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. That's that's absolutely freaking terrible. Yeah. Um these are the ones that really get me cuz uh you know, we we just we're just putting out a show, but it sometimes it seems to hit people like right when they need it. And they they yeah. people I think laugh when they get to hear me bagging on your life choices. Well, so. that's fair. <laughs> Genevieve, yes. thank you so much for the review. Wish nothing but thank you, love. Yep. Uh, you can call us 765-382-6961 or email us loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. You can also uh, join the guild, join the community. Uh, the current website's almost done. We're happy to say it's almost done. We've been trucking away at that thing, and uh, it's coming up on uh, its launch soon. Uh, but until then, you can uh, visit loreseekerseso.org. It's the community website. Download Discord. Join the Discord server. Follow the instructions on how to begin the process. From what I understand, you all are keeping them quite busy. So keep coming on over. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Oh, and we're getting some really cool people in Lore Seekers Guild. So it's been it's been pretty fun. And the officers continue to just do an amazing job. Yeah. And keeping everything sorted. Absolutely. So thank you, guys. Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow Jibs at Jibs IRL. You can follow myself at Lore Seeker Cash. The cash is with a K. Follow the show at Lore Seekers Cast. And if you're interested in tabletop, it's getting good. You can follow our tabletop annex at The Natural Ones DND. Follow us on Twitch for everything Lore Seekers at twitch.tv forward slash Lore Seekers Podcast. And follow the DND show at twitch.tv forward slash The Natural Ones DND. There you go. Friends, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for hanging out with us, interacting with the show and all these things, everything that you do for, uh, over at Lore Seekers, where they're part of the community, you just listen. However you choose to take in our content, we really, really appreciate your support. Have a great, great week. Have a great week, folks, and um, be good to each other. Everybody needs it, and one step at a time, the world can be a better place. We just make the conscious decision to be a good human. Much love. <laughs>